I'm so proud of this football team. Uh, I can't even explain how much I love these dudes. Man, I told them at half, I said, that, that's, that's the worst half of football we could have played. And I said, we just come out, we play together. You know, we, we play through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and, and we just keep going no matter what. And we, we'll win this football game. I said, we'll find a way to win this football game. And, and you could, you could feel something switch and you, you seen guys start to believe and, and, you know, everyone made one mistake tonight and, and they doubted the Rams, you know, and, and we didn't, and we didn't doubt ourselves at any point in the game. And, you know, we have, we have big time players step up, make big plays, um, and I, I couldn't be more proud of this team. What's up, Ram Nation? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Starting out our CSU victory mood with the metalcore intro, courtesy of my guy, Frank Trimble. Really appreciate him. Love these vibes. Absolutely on cloud nine right now. CSU beats Boise State for the first time in program history. The largest second half comeback of any game this century for the Rams. Just pure insanity. Obviously, we open with some audio of Jack Howell speaking post game there. Later on, I'm going to get some more audio of him and Tori Horton, uh, as well as Jane Orvell, kind of talking about the the way that the Rams rallied around the Kennedy McDowell injury. Uh, working on a feature right now about that. Go check that out on thednvr.com. We'll have a bunch of written content coming out over the next you know, two or three days or so. I'm really going to try and milk this victory over Boise State for all that it's worth. But uh, I opened with that audio of Jack Howell because to me, he was just such an amazing leader in this game. Felt like he played his best game of the season. But beyond the big time plays, and there were quite a few of them, just seeing the way he led this team was it was really inspiring. I mean, the the TV broadcast had a shot of him kind of in the center of attention, you know, really passionately preaching to the guys after Kennedy went down. And to me, it was just really obvious that the tone of this game, it flipped on that blindside block. And it was just a really dangerous play, a dirty hit. McDowell's already engaged with another individual. The Boise guy comes in, hits him high. Boise didn't even return the kickoff. It was just really an unnecessary action. And the tension was raised dramatically after that. Shortly after, we saw another incident where a Boise State defensive back twisted and slammed Dawson Menegotti well after the whistle. I mean, like a second and a half after the whistle was blown. Jacob Gardner obviously comes in, blows him up. Jervis gets in his face. I think Norvell got a unsportsmanlike for saying something there. There was like three or four of them on CSU. And I understand that some people will argue that two wrongs don't make a right. And in most contexts, I will agree with you. But I think anybody that's ever been around a team or inside a locker room will understand where Gardner was coming from. Uh, Emotions are high at that point. You've already seen a, a couple of in my opinion, you know, dirty plays from Boise State, if you want to phrase it as borderline, that that's fine. I'm not trying to get up on a soapbox and, and make this the end of the world, like what would happen with the Blackburn stuff. I mean, plays are going to happen in a football game. It's physical. You know, sometimes guys go a little too far and, and things happen that are unintended. But at the end of the day, I have absolutely no beef with Jacob Gardner sticking up for his teammate there. You could feel the energy on that CSU sideline was way different in that third quarter. And 
you know, I, I think Boise made his mistake with, with that hit, to be honest. That's what Jack said post game. And I frankly have to agree with him. I've been around a lot of CSU teams over the years, basically every team for the last decade, or I guess literally every team for the last decade. Uh, this group is, is just really close in a way that not every team is. And I think that bond in the locker room is a major part of what helps CSU persevere. Obviously, they had to make some big-time plays. We're going to get into some more takeaways from this matchup, talk about some of the key moments down the stretch. I talk about the little things that CSU did well in this one that made a, a major difference. But I just felt like this win was a testament to where this program is at and the growth we've seen. These guys are so tight. I mean, we're we're a year removed from a bunch of veterans leaving when things didn't go their way and leaving the team in disarray. I mean, this group is just so tight and I'm so impressed with the way that they responded, the way they rallied around Kennedy McDowell. I thought it was really admirable. I think it speaks volumes to just how tight these guys are collectively. Uh, we have received an update on Kennedy McDowell. He's been released from the hospital. He's in great spirits. A CT scan, MRI, we're all clear. Sounds like he has a concussion, so we'll see what happens there. Obviously, brain injuries, nothing to mess around with, can be kind of a wonky recovery process, but considering how it looked on the field, the fact that he was able to be released in less than 24 hours is is definitely encouraging. Anyways, I'm going to play some audio here of Jack Howell, of Tori Horton, and Jay Norvell all talking about Kennedy McDowell being a source of inspiration for them uh, in this comeback victory. After that, we'll get into some more takeaways. At the end, I'll wrap up uh, with some more audio from Norvell as well. Real quick, I do want to shout out our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL season is going strong. DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week. Score $200 in bonus bets instantly. What's awesome is DraftKings is also hooking up all the customers. They can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. For instance, if you wanted to boost something in the Monday night matchup between the Chargers and Cowboys, you could do so, whether that's a player prop, uh, an adjusted spread, anything. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's what the code DNVR only on DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8787-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and up. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. I also want to talk to you guys about Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what you are getting into. All the prices are shown up front. There's no last-minute fees or anything like that. It's a really straight-up situation. What's also awesome about Game Time, they offer flash deals and exclusive savings that you can get even an hour into the game. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem that code DNVR for $20 off. 
Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, I, I kind of look at this as a big learning lesson. You know, we start off slow. Um, we we didn't we didn't start the game how we wanted, and uh, that just goes to show what we could do and how we can fight back into a game. And I just feel like this is a huge learning lesson for the team to you know go out there and and start fast, start fast, and when things go on the other side of the court, keep fighting and, and just just keep building. And that's just something that we proved today. You know we. We had a lot of heart and, you know, we went out there strong. And, of course, we got our prayers up for Kennedy. Uh, you know, he's like a brother of us. And we, we you know, can't wait to see how he's doing and, and get in touch with him because, you know, he is he is family. And, of course, it's sad to see him go down like that. But we, we dedicated that game to him. And, you know, we told the guys, you got to pick up your brother. And that's that's what we did. Tori, not a coach said, you told Dallin, you know, be ready for that tips. What was kind of your view on the play and reaction when that came uh, to be true? I knew it wasn't going to be a clean catch. So this is the thing, hear me out. We've been practicing this. We've been practicing this Hail Mary thing for so long. And I told Dallin, I was like, look, it's either going to tip to me or you. And the way that they was playing, like, it, was, it was deep. I was like, Dallin, it's going to go to you. And we used to be at practice like, LB just tipped the ball to him, but we used to be like, nah, because Coach was going to get mad. But I told him, I was like, the tip is going to Dallas, I promise you. And I don't know what what happened, but as soon, soon as I, like, jumped up and I didn't see the ball and he pulled up with it, I said, I caught it out. <laughs> no doubt, I caught, I caught it out. So that's, I don't know, that was crazy to me. That's why I was so shocked. I was on the side, I'm like, and Norvell, no, because I told Norvell in the hub before he ran, I was like, Dallas going to get it. And I was just like. Jack, this offense takes the field with 33 seconds left, and you're just kind of sitting there watching drive down the field. What kind of goes on through your head as a spectator? I mean, most people most people are going to look at, you know, 33 seconds, no timeouts, as, as you can't do it. But I mean, when you got 14 and 5, I mean, anything is possible. And, um, you know, we, we, we were confident in them, and um, we just trusted in them, and we had a feeling that we were going to get it done. And and then also shout out to Brian on the on the kicks. Oh yeah. I mean, we we wouldn't even be in that situation if it weren't for him. And and really, we should have got the second one too, uh, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I mean, shout out to him. We wouldn't even be in that situation. And then and then uh, Braden, you know, trusted in his guys, threw it up, and then down went and made a play. Coach mentioned that you guys remember this game for the rest of your life. Do uh-huh. you think you will? 88 years old, possibly dementia, whatever. You remember <laughs> that celebration in Yeah, man. After after hit, hitting this much tonight, I don't know if I'll remember it. But, uh, man, it, you know, we got in the locker room and we are just saying we made history and it feels so good, man. Especially after after last year, kind of kind of the beatdown they put on us. And, man, it just felt so good. And, you know, when you have a team that just comes together like that and push through to get a win, it, it's so much sweeter. Jack, they almost iced the game there on that final drive when Talon runs to the edge there. Right? Mm-hmm. Did you see the holding call right away? Or what, what was kind of going through your head as he was kind of scampering to the left there? I was just trying to stay up. My, my ankle was hurting pretty bad, so I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of mentioned your ankle, but also Tori, you know, on that first play of that last drive, it kind of looked like you went back to the line um, a little bit hurt. Um, I mean, what does that just kind of speak to your guys's? resilience as a team to just, you know, play through some of those injuries. You want me to answer that? Oh, well, yeah. I don't know. We, we, <laughs> when you're in a moment like that, it, it, there's no 
there's no coming out. You either gonna you got to man up and face it, and that's just something that we had to do. Of course, we were we were a little banged up, but the moment the moment's too hot, and you know we we don't want to show no weakness to none of our opponents. And yeah, I had the little wobble and stuff, but it, it was it was crunch time, and, and you know you gotta you gotta toughen up and go out there and, and execute even when you you don't feel comfortable or you feel you know a little tired or hurt. And that's just something that we we harp on on the team to always, you know, fight fight through fight through the the injuries and and uh, you know just the that fatigue and those clutch moments. And you know, I just gotta give a special shout out to those those uh, strength strength conditioning coaches because that's what they put us through. You know, to fight through fatigue and and when your body hurts to dig deep and go into a dark a dark spot. And that's what we had to do right there. What was coach's message to you guys at halftime? Can you repeat that? <laughs> Play better with some expletives. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a it was kind of intense, but we we all felt his energy and we knew that we was gonna go out there and execute. Um, he we all knew we played a, a terrible first half. That that first half couldn't get no worse, like Jack said. And and when he came in here, he was like, "We got a choice to make," and and that that. We we all kind of knew what kind of kind of game we had to go out there and, and play, and of course, you know, when adversity hits, it hit, sometimes it hit hard and it hit us kind of hard. But we knew to keep to keep digging, keep clawing, to keep fighting. That's what we did. Jack, what was the message in that first defensive huddle after Kennedy went down? Obviously, it's a long break there, and you guys have to go out for the first series, the second half. What was the message for? <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty explicit, but. Um, we just said it's personal now and, and look, look what they did to one of your brothers and, and, you know, the love that we have on this team, no one's going to get away with something like that. And, and that was a mistake because that really, that really motivated us on defense, especially. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, pr prayers to Kennedy. That's some really scary stuff. And, you know, we're still going to be thinking about him all night long, but, um, yeah, I think, I think that's a testimony though. Um, when, when you mess with one of our boys, and we're going to rally back and we're going to protect each other every single time. Cool, cool, cool. Really great audio from Jay Norvell, as well as uh, Tori Horton and Jack Howell on Kennedy McDowell being a big source of inspiration for them in that victory. Really, it was an awesome post-game presser. I have a lot of respect for the way CSU handles things in general. It's always a really smooth setup. They make sure that we get differing perspectives from multiple players, as well as Jay Norvell. They really do do a great job. I've been to games all over, you know, the conference, the country, and CSU has one of the better setups that I've I've experienced. So it's fortunate that I don't have to deal with a headache every week. But this week in particular was just a lot of fun. We got to have locker room access, which was incredible. Just being a part of that energy and seeing the joy on the coaches' faces, on the players' faces, it really allows you to comprehend how much it means to these guys. I mean, I'm no dummy. I've been around the game for a long time. I know how much work these guys put in. I know how hard they want to win. But when you get to experience it firsthand and not just, you know, on the screen, it it really resonates with you in a major way. So I just wanted to make sure that I shouted out uh, Kyle Neves of CSU Athletics, the entire SID department. They're all great. Uh, Mike, Jeff, Ryan, all those guys are 
are really awesome at what they do and they're great at hooking us up and allowing us to create great content for you CSU fans. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate how gracious, you know, the players and Norvell are in their post-game interviews. They always treat us with a lot of kindness and respect, both in victory and defeat. But obviously this one was a little more fun and I'm going to play some more audio from Jay Norvell for you at the end of the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to get into a couple of takeaways here, some points that I did not hit on as in depth. Shout out to everybody that got up nice and early this morning with us. I know 930 is not that early, but when you get three hours of sleep like I did, it certainly <laughs> certainly feels early. Uh, anyways, the the defense, they definitely struggled with Ashton GNT out of the gate. Everybody does. He's, if not the the best running back in football. He's pretty damn close. Certainly one of the front runners for Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. To me, it's him or Torrey Horton. Otherwise, why even have the award? But those turnovers in the first half that the defense was able to force was absolutely massive. And I'm not so sure that I did a good enough job of highlighting that this morning. Ben, don't break. I mean, I talked about it after the Utah State game. Giving up some of those 10, 12-yard plays, they're frustrating, especially when it's all night. But it's so much better than giving up a 40 or a 50-yard play. And if you force a team to have to consistently execute all the way down the field, it's a hard thing to do. And a lot of the time, you can force a turnover. You know, you can get them to stall, hold them to three maybe. And in that first half, those turnovers were really big with just allowing the Rams to hang around a little bit. And in that second half, they did a good job of, on multiple occasions of, you know, just holding them to three, bending, not breaking. And I, I just wanted to give the defense some credit because been really hard on them the last couple of weeks. But they absolutely made some big plays in this game. The picks were obviously huge. You're able to force a fumble and recover it. And then, you know, third down, you, you hold Boise State to 0 of 5 on third down in that second half. That was one of the biggest keys of the game, along with CSU doing a great job offensively of staying on the field uh, on third down in that second half. It, it was great. I want to credit the offensive line for giving BFN a, a ton of time to work through his reads, to allow him you know, to survey the field and, and make decisive decisions with the football, which he did a great job of. That was a lot more accurate in this one. I mean, his ball placement down the stretch was really significant. The, the Hail Mary was perfect. I mean, he, he threw it up. You get enough loft under it. You don't want to throw a bullet because that's a little bit easier to just kind of smack to the ground. You know, you want it to have some air under it so your guys have an opportunity to jockey for it, to, you know, go up and make a play. That was a gorgeous ball. Both of the touchdown throws in the fourth quarter were perfect. You know, the throw to Goffney is in a, a tight situation and the throw to Lewis Brown is one of the better throws he's had this year. The throw he had to Torrey Horton to set up the spike was was gorgeous too, man. I just, I really want to shout out all these guys for executing when the game was there on the line. BFN started three of 10, but then completed 15 of his next 20 attempts. Just continues to make big time plays and big time moments. 10 of his 15 touchdown passes this year have come in the fourth quarter or overtime. I understand to a small extent that that stat is somewhat skewed because he came in late against Washington State, so he only had an opportunity to throw touchdowns late in that one, but that's a one-game sample size. He has five starts at this point, and he just continues to really step up when the lights are brightest, obviously summoned his inner Elway on that game-winning drive to go 88 yards with no timeouts. 
that's huge. And I mean, I just was really, really impressed with how composed the Rams were down the stretch, especially after he threw that interception and it's immediately followed by a touchdown by Ashton Gianti. That could have very easily been the dagger. You could hang your head there, just basically lie down and accept defeat. And this team refused to quit. They refused to quit. They played with urgency, but they weren't panicked. I mean, with 6-12 to go, the Rams had 205 total yards of offense. They recorded 196 yards of total offense over those final 6-12, and they scored 21 points in the process. I just, I, I cannot believe the way that they were able to execute when, you know, the, the pressure was highest. And you really got to credit the Rams for doing a lot of the little things well in this game. Yeah, you execute the Hail Mary to perfection, and that was designed. You know, you send Torrey deep, Lewis Brown, he's the best leaper. He's who you're trying to target. His first goal is to catch it after high-pointing it. If not, you know, you hope that the the tip is secured either by Horton in the back of the end zone or a trailing uh, Holker. It ends up in Holker's hands. That's great execution. You're able to perfectly execute the spike to set up that throw. The onside kick. I mean, there were just so many little things that had to go your way, and the Rams were able to get every single one of those right. And Boise, when the game was there for the taking, they shot themselves in the foot. They couldn't recover the onside kick. They had some really bad penalties that killed them. The holding call that wiped out Taylor Green's 21-yard scamper to run out the clock, that was huge. Uh, they had a roughing the passer on CSU's first scoring series of that fourth quarter. You know, They had a roughing the passer that turned a 24-yard gain into like a 40-yard play. That's just self-inflicted wounds, you know? And I want to, by the way, I want to apologize to Chigose Anusium Chiggy. I had a critical tweet of him for shoving a guy. They got the stop. From up high, I could not tell how much Tyler Crow sold that. I mean, give him an Academy Award, the, the flop job of the year on that one. Just a really, really bad call, in my opinion, but... You just got to credit CSU for doing the little things. Special teams continue to be a strength for this team. I know they did have one field goal blocked, but you nail a 48-yard field goal. Noise hits the 35-yard extra point after the Rams get called for an excessive celebration. Which, by the way, if you successfully complete a freaking Hail Mary, maybe let that celebration go. Maybe let the team dance a little bit. I, I think they earned it in that instance. I don't know. You know, Let the kids have just a little bit of fun. Anyways, it was just a really gutsy victory. The Rams did so many little things well in this game when they needed to. It's a testament to their perseverance, to the the continuity that they have in that locker room. And I'm just so proud of the fight displayed by this group and the fact that they were finally, finally able to beat Boise State for the first time. This was a really transcendent victory in program history thought they were going to get it in 2017 i remember writing that column and then (laughs) deleting it as we watched them choke that game away but this really was a a huge moment the breakthrough victory that we've been looking for under jay norvell if you were there you're going to remember it for the rest of your life not throwing shade at anybody that left for the record i understand it they appeared to be dead in the water it was really late it was cold all of that But at the same time, if we learned anything in college football this weekend, it's that the game's 60 minutes and it ain't over until that final whistle sounds. 
this was just insanity. I mean, the the type of experience that, you know, especially as a student, like I think about the students that did stay for that. You'll be telling that story 30 years from now. The fact that you were one of the, the you know, 7,000 or whatever it was that that stuck around. And again, you know, this isn't me trying to like bash on anybody that left. I wish that more people would have stayed, but I understand the logic, especially if you live down South, you know, it's, it's a tough commute on I-25 at that time of night. I mean, it's, it's late, you're tired, it's cold. I understand all of that, but I also just wanted to comment on this before we play some, some audio from Jane Orvell to wrap it up. You're going to see posts on social media and stuff like that of the players saying things like, you know, we don't need the fans that left and inherently, you know, the fans always take that to heart and and they take it personally, despite the fact that these are 17, 18, 19 year old kids who are also emotional. You've got to let it roll off your back as a fan in that instance and just understand how much that goes into these games for these kids. Yes, CSU matters a ton to you. I'm not saying that CSU football does not matter to you or anything like that, but you don't live it every single day. You know, it's not your blood, sweat and tears out there and guys get emotional. They say silly things. They obviously want the fan support. And, you know, I'm not faulting anybody that does leave early, especially in a blowout loss or something like that. It's your money. Spend it however you want. It's your time. Spend it however you want. But also just recognize, like, it is a tough pill to swallow as a player when you look up and you just see the fans exiting, you know, in masses. And I I know you can make the, the argument that, like, the team has to play well enough to deserve your time, maybe that's fair too. I'm just saying that it's one of those instances where you kind of just have to understand where both sides are coming from. I know everybody has to have a hard stance these days. Everything has to be a hot take, but at the end of the day, I just don't think that needs to be that big of a deal. And if you're the fans, you understand where the players are coming from and the players should understand that CSU has you know, been largely disappointing for the majority of the last decade and fans you know, don't expect it to turn out well because we have not had a lot of proof, you know, to to make us feel otherwise. Anyways, I just I just wanted to mention that before we got out of here. I am going to play some audio from Jane Orvell talking about this just being a, a transformational victory. He'll talk about the Hail Mary design, about the the losing streak to Boise and how this streak died hard. Just really great post-game audio from Jay. Again, shout out to CSU for that great access. Before we get to that, I do want to shout out FOCO, a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectible, novelty items, and more. They have hooked us up with some awesome set decorations. They've got sweet hats, you know, polo shirts, bobbleheads, anything you need as a sports fan. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports. They will have yours too. Get the best gear by using the link in our description or for non-presale items, use the code DNVR for 10% off your order. Finally, I want to shout out the homies over at Breckenridge Brewery. You know we love Breck Brew at DNVR, and it's because they have a beer for any occasion. They've been doing it for 33 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. I love the endless variety that they offer. Big Avalanche Amber Ale guy can't go wrong with the Mountain Beach Sour. Uh, The Seltzers are fire. Everything Breck does is just perfection. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Alrighty, without further ado, here's that post-game audio from Jay Norvell. Make sure you keep up with all our written content at thednvr.com. I will have another live show on Thursday. We'll have a live post-game show next weekend as well. We'll announce more specifics on that. Not sure if it's going to be Saturday night or Sunday yet. 
Uh, but hoping to see if the Rams can build off this. I think this is one of the biggest wins CSU has had this century without a doubt. And I just hope that it's the start of something special because this team has too much talent. You know, they have too much talent for it to not. And uh, it's going to be fun. going to be fun. So let's get to that audio with Jane Orvell. Shout out to Frank Trimble one more time for the metal core CSU intro. Much love y'all. Always proud to be. Peace. Mo Camara, just unbelievably relentless player. Um, his will in the second half, just continuing to come after the quarterback. Um, it had kept us in the game. It just gave us a chance. And so I'm so proud of our coaches. I'm so proud of our players. Um, and um, I just appreciate the support that we gotten from our administration. And it was, uh, we needed a breakthrough win and we finally got one tonight. So that was, that was big. Coach, some games, some wins seem beyond words. And it seems that way for you a little bit tonight. But can one of them be transformational for this team? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we've, we've been working really hard. Uh, we had a lot of prideful kids. Um, you know, we're working to play a certain style. We want to, we want our football to look a certain way and we want to play hard. We want to play physical. Um, I mean, I've been very humbled. Uh, I mean, after the CU game, Jerry Glanville calls me and I don't know Jerry Glanville from the man on the moon. And I've always admired and watched him as a coach. And he has a reputation of being a very physical defensive coach and admires that in teams. And he just called to tell me he liked the way our kids played. And I appreciated that. And, and uh, it means a lot how we look to our fans, um, to our former players. It, it matters when you play hard. And so um, just really proud of the effort that our team has put forth. And it doesn't always look pretty, uh, but – but, you know, eventually, if you play that way, you're going to get a breakthrough. And and I was happy to see us get one tonight. The design of the Hail Mary, it seemed like watching the replay, Dylan by, or Dylan by design is supposed to trail that play and look for a tip. Yep. Is that exactly the way he's it's exactly It's exactly how it's designed. And, uh, you know, Lewis has just shown he's, he's had a lot of opportunities where he showed he could really go up vertically. And so we put him at the point. And his job is to go up and try to catch the ball. And, uh, uh, and Torrey's the fastest guy, so he goes behind everybody. And if the ball's tipped long, Torrey gets it. And if it's tipped short, Allen gets it. And so um, it, it happens sometimes. Uh, um, I can't say that I've ever been a part of a game where it happened for us until tonight. And so – but it's one of those things you practice every week and – you know, tonight the ball bounced our way. Jim, when you inherit a program, you know, to rebuild, there's a lot of stuff you inherit, you know, past baggage. Yeah. There's been a crazy loss to Boise State here. There was a Hail Mary a few years ago. See, so you had yeah. wiped off. What does it mean to, you know, somewhat vanquish some of those with a the, with the win in this style? I mean, some, you know, some streaks die hard. I mean, that was that was one that died hard. And, and I knew we'd beat them. I just didn't know when, and I was hoping it was going to be tonight. And, and uh, 
I did know that we had the guys in that locker room that were capable of beating them if we, if we did the right things. And so, um, no, I woke up really confident this morning and, and, uh, I heard some of the scores from last night that helped my confidence a little bit (laughs) and uh, put a smile on my face. But besides that, no, I did. I felt good today. You know, um, I really did. And and I I appreciate uh, our kids and our coaches. And I just think, um, you know, it was was the ball. It was about time for the ball to bounce our way. We've had a lot of hard luck kind of games where it didn't. And the CU game was tough. You know, we, we played well enough to win that game and probably should have won it and it got away from us. And, and, um, and so, you know, we have to learn from this game as well, the things that we didn't do well. Um, but we also have to know that we're always in a game. You know, we have guys that can do some pretty special things. And, um, you know, tonight's an example of that. And how about Jordan? I mean, there's the chaos of the foul play. There's a penalty, and he has to yeah be calm. And- yeah, that was chaotic, and and that was probably that's probably my favorite extra point ever in my coaching career. And he hit it well, and um, um, just really proud of him. And you know, Patty had another good night punting the ball. He's uh, he's really improved uh, his game. He's got a lot of confidence, and and. Uh, you know, Torrey was really quiet for several quarters, but all of a sudden, you know, you just can't keep good players down for very long. They're going to eventually show up, and Torrey did, you know, and, you know, he had a couple – he had his hands on that he didn't come down with and um, earlier in the game that he usually does. You know, and he was he was banged up a little this week. He didn't practice much, so he wasn't really smooth in everything he was doing. and. You know, I also want to say this, uh, you know, Kennedy McDowell's in the hospital and we're praying for him and he's still getting some tests done and, and we'll get more information on him. I'm going to go see him when we get done here. And But we're hoping that he'll he'll be fully recovered. Hopefully. Did, you, did you feel the team kind of rallied after that moment? No question. You know, it was a physical game and, um, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of things that went on during the game and but I there's no question that our team was fighting hard for each other and and rallying behind Kennedy and and some of our other guys uh, um, but but uh, no there's no question that that was one of the rallying points tonight when's the last time you got an unsportsmanlike conduct I really don't think that was deserving I've done a lot worse <laughs> <laughs> I told him that too I said it I was just, I was just trying to protect our kids, um, you know, and that's part of an official's responsibility is to control the game so kids don't get hurt, you know. And so, um, I was just disappointed at at some of the hits that our kids were taking. Some and of so, us, some of us were at both of these games the last few nights. Um, but uh, what was going through your mind as the ball's going up in the air? Can you remember? Did you find a scope blank in that moment? Uh, at the end of the game? Yeah, the only Hail Mary play. No, I, oh, and when the Hail Mary, I just, what I just was hoping that one of our guys would come down with it. And, um, you know, I, I'm just very grateful. 
Jay, for a couple of weeks, you've been asking, you've just been saying if you get players to do their jobs, things would be fine. And you had a lot of guys do that tonight. Peter Montini played some big mm-hmm. snaps for you. Vince Brown with, you know, recovering the first onside kick. You starting to see that message get through and guys just really focus no. on when they have to be there in the big moment? No. You know, when, when you play a game and, and you have to fight and scratch and claw to have a chance to win, you have to do a lot of things that you're coached to do, a lot of things that happen in practice. And and we did, you know. Um, we've done some, you know, in our first six games, we've done some amazing things on special teams. I mean, some of the plays we've made, the, the returns, we've had a punt return for a touchdown, a kick return for a touchdown. Um, you know, we've had a fake fake field goal for a touchdown. I mean, I've never been a part of a game where we got two onside kicks and we almost got two tonight. <clears throat> And we'll see what the film says. But, um, I mean, those are amazing plays. And, and um, you know, and then Jordan having to kick the extra point to win it tonight. So, um, I'm really proud of our kids' special teams. They're, they're really putting the time in and um, spending extra time with coach and, and, and learning their assignments. And, um, and it's paying off. You know, that's how you – that's how you win games like this, by doing things on special teams. Mike asked you about whether this could be transformational. So this is a little bit of a But is this reinforcing? Did you need the reinforcement that you're doing the things in the right way? Yeah, absolutely. I think whenever you win, it reinforces all the hard work that everybody puts in. And and um, and it and it and it it confirms with the kids that if they invest the time and the effort that, that special things can happen for them. And I mean, these kids will remember this game the rest of their lives. So why, you know, it's just, um, that's the, the cool thing about sports. And uh, I'm just so proud of uh, all the coaches and, you know, they're, we hadn't played very good defense, you know, after last week. And there's a lot of soul searching this week. Our guys were, disappointed, upset, um, embarrassed, um, and they're prideful. The coaches are prideful. The players are prideful. And they came out, they wanted to play great defense tonight, and they were motivated to. And, you know, Henry Blackburn and Jack Howell and Mo Camara, I mean, those guys were ready to play. And I'm so proud of those guys as they come in the room. And, um, you know, and we had a lot of guys like that, you know, all these guys standing on the wall over here, I mean, did some amazing things tonight and and um, found a way to come down with balls that didn't look like we were going to catch them. And, and uh, you know, passionate leaders and, and so that love this university. So I'm so proud of all of them. Uh, they deserve a night like tonight. And we've been working hard. We've been disappointed. Um, but we knew this was coming. We just didn't know when. And so I'm just happy it happened tonight.